everyone. Welcome back. This is Nevermind the Gap, the podcast that explores the gaps between where we are in life, where we think we should be, and the tools and techniques to bridge these gaps. I am Carmen Kadir, physician scientist, board certified coach in the healthcare, academic medicine, and higher education institutions. And industry. I'm Lindsay, yes, and I'm Lizzie Hanari. I'm an MBA, I'm a consultant, and an ICF professionally certified coach. And I help individuals and organizations with performance and to reach their goals. And in today's episode, we're going to explore executive presence, right? That's a big term. Um, and people feel like it's like charisma. You either have it or you don't. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about what is executive presence? What is it not? You know, what, what starts to happen when it is present? And, you know, what happens when it's absent? And the good news is it's a skill. It's a skill that can be built up. It's not necessarily a natural ability, even though some people seem to have it naturally. And so what are some of the resources to help you build it up? And I work in the more of the commercial and business space. Uh, and so when my clients hear executive presence, they're thinking of, say, C-suite or divisional leaders, um, and either they're already in that role and they're struggling with something, or they've got an issue to work through, or they're at that divisional leader and want to get to the next step, and they've been given some feedback about improving their executive presence. How do you see executive presence show up in your work, Carmen? In my work, it is usually, you know, already established executives or emergent leaders. So those that are getting groomed to fill in those big shoes. And for them, it's usually starting to take on new roles and responsibilities. But, you know, it, again, it's a skill. It's something that you have to executive presence or skill. It's something that you have to practice. Um, there's different elements, I think, to it that are really important. And so some of them have it and some of them get stuck in certain areas where they don't have it. Yeah, I think what happens, too, is as you get promoted and you rise up through an organization, you know, there's that famous quote, what got you here won't get you there. And mm -hmm. when someone starts to struggle a little bit, especially in the areas of executive presence, they start to double down on some of the things that they used to do. So maybe that intense focus, um, maybe not not having any room for what they call politics, which I will call building relationships, mm -hmm. um, or, you know, I have to be stern, I can't show any emotion because, you know, whether it's your background or the organization that you're in, you think that's what gets you there. But it really is, and we both, when we were talking about this, it comes down to emotional intelligence. And I, I want people to sit with that for a minute. Executive presence, the foundation is emotional intelligence. Definitely. I couldn't agree with you more. It's, it, it literally is how well people understand you in terms of how you're trying to mobilize them. Um, communicate with them but also how well can you, how well do you understand them how well do you understand their needs their request um and some of the changes that need to be made so and i and i'm also going to add this in there too lindsay because i think it goes hand in hand too with executive presence is 
we've talked about this many times, but I keep bringing it up because I love it, is the difference between active listening, right? The content behind what people are saying, but also the deep listening part is picking up the nonverbal cues. How well can you connect with individuals and their needs um, that makes you that incredible leader? Yeah, it's about knowing your audience um, and really building your executive presence is a journey on how you connect with those around you. Um, and I, I'd like to take a quick step back, you know, the difference between, you know, what it is not. So some people think executive presence is I'm boss man or boss woman, and I'm <laughs> standing with my hands on my hips and it's a power trip, right? It's not about power. <laughs> um, yes, you can have, you can have very charismatic leaders, but charisma is not executive presence. And I'll give you a couple of examples so most people are familiar with Sam Bankman-Fried or the other unicorn CEOs where they have the charisma to sell people on an idea. But once they were leading an organization, they had none of the executive presence. Mm-hmm. Um, or, and again, I'm not saying this from a political standpoint, uh, but you know, Ron DeSantis, he's an executive. He's the governor of the state of Florida, but he has no mm-hmm. charisma. He's not able to connect with people in a way that is required on a national stage versus Mm -hmm. maybe, say, a state stage. So really what executive presence, I think, comes down to, and again, everyone's got their own version of this, it's can you inspire confidence? And it's inspiring confidence so that people will be open and receptive to your ideas And that they'll buy into the vision that you have. And as leaders in these organizations, you're strategic. It's about setting the direction and the managerial levels are the ones who execute it or your deputies. They're more with the tactics and managing. Mm -hmm. And so I'll stop talking and see what you have to answer into that before we get into, you know, what are some of the key qualities and areas for someone to develop? So I do think it's definitely inspiring confidence. I think you're right. Um, And one thing that I will say too, that may go under this too, is, you know, three elements of inspiring confidence, you know, showing grace when you're under fire, maybe Uh, being decisive. Many people like to see a very decisive leader, Um, not aggressive. Mm -hmm. There's a difference between being an aggressive leader and a decisive leader. And then, of course, speaking the truth. So having clarity behind, you know, the process and what it is that you would like them to do. So all of this, I think, comes under the theme of just inspiring confidence. You know, when you speak the truth, when you become decisive, or even when you show grace under fire. And it's always keeping the audience in mind. Um, It could be the one-on-ones. It could be with a very large organization. Being able to read the room, you know, Mm -hmm. again, as you said, those non-verbals. Are people shifting in their seat? Are they rolling their eyes? Um, know, Know your audience in terms of the individual. How do they react? Mirror their words. Mirror their, you know, ask probing questions. You know, gosh, it seems like, you know, you, the energy shifted or you shifted uh, when this was mentioned, what, what's going on? What do you have, you know, what am I not aware of that you are? You know, 
getting that curiosity. And I think we both have come to, uh, you know, in the research that we do and what we're going to be discussing are the resources that we go to as well as share with our clients. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you've, we've both, you know, pulled some of our favorites here. And mm-hmm. uh, in the spirit of there's no one answer, um, why don't you share first some of the resources that you've brought up and the underpinning of those? So there is this um, institute called the Rafi Park Institute, and they do wonderful work, and we will have this in the show notes, but they do wonderful work around presence, right? And they've done research studies that actually demonstrate the benefits of having executive presence, which some of these make sense, right? You have clear thinking and perception, greater courage, conviction, and sensitivity in handling conflicts, which is a big deal. You've have more focus on higher priorities. So you're able to actually think, you know, what are the high impactful, high prioritization items for today versus the low impactful ones that you could potentially delegate to someone else and stay at that 30,000 foot level that Lindsay always talks about. Um, You have more energy, but for me, that means more managing your time, which then manages your energy. And then that, you know, will create that, strong bond between you and the passion of the work that's in front of you. You are very calm when you are dealing with change, so you don't necessarily panic. And that's the benefits of having executive presence is to be calm. You know, we're in a world where everything is so complex and things keep changing every single day. So I think composure and calm are two things that are important when you're leading an organization or a team. More openness to new opportunities what Lindsay was just talking about. If something's changed um, with someone and you notice it, is to actually ask them, you know, what's different? I'm, I'm noticing that there's something different with with uh, just how you are taking in some of the changes, what has changed? Are there any resources that you're needing? Are there any gaps that you're noticing? Um, and then I think this is really huge too, to have confidence in your own views. So to really be confident in terms of what you're thinking and the, the why, not just the how as to why you're implementing changes and wanting to drive initiatives within the organization. I would, I would say there's a fine line between confidence and God, the a word. What is it? Assertiveness. Ah, assertiveness, yeah, or aggressiveness, right? Mm-hmm, or, or right. Being stubborn. Confidence mm-hmm. versus stubborn. And that is, I think, you know, a true executive has to be decisive. They're the ones mm-hmm. that make the toughest decisions, but there has to be a level of humility. I agree with you. Confidence I mean, there has to be humility, yeah. you know, Go ahead. takes you away from being arrogant. Or stubborn, if that makes sense. Definitely. And the, and, and the only thing I was going to say is it's, it's about balancing, right? Like you need to be clear and forthright about your needs, but you still need to consider the needs of other people. Right. So right. if you're going to act assertively, you have to act with fairness and empathy to your point. Yeah. And, I, and I think that that's really important. Yeah. And I, so it's so similar to what I I like to look at, um, there's a wonderful podcast called The Look and Sound of Leadership. Tom Henschel, 
Um, I've mentioned this podcast before. He has quite a few on executive presence. And the one that I really like is called the executive's executive. In other Mm -hmm. words, what do other executives feel that are sort of the not, I wouldn't say the non-negotiables, but the combination of abilities or, you know, these real building blocks. Um, And one of them is resilience, right? You're able Mm -hmm. to bounce back. You don't take things personally. And I can't tell you how many clients I have who get bogged down in more of an emotional issue than the work at hand. Um, So I think that resilience, because not everyone's going to agree with you, especially if you're hired to be a change agent or you're taking an organization through a difficult time. Um, The other is influence. And again, it comes down to your relationships. You know, literally to quote from the podcast, it's the lubricant that keeps the gears going. And at the high, high levels, you know, for senior executives, there's a lot of complexity in the work. Mm-hmm. So having those relationships so that you can hear, right, the, the further you get away from the shop floor, as they say, the more insulated you are. So those relationships are really important so that you have the influence required to move the organization forward. Mm-hmm. Um, the other is organization. Be organized. You know, doing your homework, um, because as you know, you know you have your schedule, but there are all sorts of non-related things that come up. And if you are leading an academic medical center or a department, you've got to be able to handle non-related meetings that all contribute to the functioning of the institution or the organization. So, some level of organization. Mm-hmm. The other goes down to scope. And the word I like to use is altitude. You know, what's the high altitude? What's the vision? As an executive, you're going to have a broad scope as opposed to, say, managers. Also, you're in the spotlight, right? Because mm-hmm. you're you're sort of overarching a lot of the different initiatives. Again, it ties into relationships and influence as well as resilience. And then the one that I, I thought really tied in well to yours is speed of thought being Mm -hmm. mentally nimble, not just smart. We all know people who are the smartest people in the room, but they can't really rise above a certain level. It's not getting bogged down in one or two issues or dying on a specific hill. And it's the ability to context switch. So I love the speed of thought because I think I have shared this maybe before in the previous podcast, our brains can process about... I want to say 300 words per minute, but verbally, we're only able to spit out about 150 of those words. So we process things way more than we're able to get out. And that's why it's important that when to this part, you know, not getting boggled down to one or two issues is to actually staying at that high altitude to look at the impact bullet points of what needs to be addressed for these two particular issues so that you can keep going. And there's a skill to that too. I think there's practice to that so that you don't get in the weeds of things and then you get lost. And then there's like a whole other calendar of issues that you have to address. So remember our brains by nature will process at a a faster rate than what we're able to put out um, requests or directives to people. 
And, and so we have to figure out a way to communicate what's impactful, how to stay at that high altitude and be able to continue to shift to the next um, important part of the work that's in front of us. One thing I wanted to share too, is that I think it's important to train on your soft skills. So, you know, such as creative problem solving and negotiations are just not job specific skills. Um, soft skills enhance your communication. It obviously will tighten up like teamwork. Um, it will foster better collaboration with each other. And I think it, it gives the team and everyone that better understanding of the vision. So you're bringing them along is my point, right? To the influence piece and to the scope that Lindsay brought up, which I think is, it's so lovely how she listed those five building blocks is that when you have soft skill training, you are also including others in the process. So they don't feel lost. They still very, you know, they feel very connected uh, to the mission and the vision of the organization, they have a better understanding of what they're supposed to do. What are their tasks and responsibilities? And and that's really the job um, as executives, senior executives. It's really storytelling. Mm-hmm. And the importance is, you, you know, when you have data, use data to tell stories, mm-hmm. not just dry facts. And don't just use stories that are an opinion right? Use concrete examples, use data. But I think the most successful executives are able to tell stories using data to use their influence, you know, to move the needle. And it comes down to, you mentioned soft skills, you know, it's another podcast by The Look and Sound of Leadership, Unlocking Executive Presence Through Emotional Intelligence. And then there's another book um, on executive presence by Sylvia Ann Hewlett, The Missing Link Between Merit and Success. We like to think that, oh, we're a merit-based society, but as we all know, it's not always the smartest or the hardest working person, although many times it is, who makes it to the top. And I don't know about in your work, I work with a lot of engineers and finance quants, mm-hmm. and I'm going to go a little bit off topic here. I think it's not impossible for naturally introverted people to do this. It's where you get your energy, right? But Mm -hmm. I think for folks who really hate small talk, they disdain politics, um, and they feel really uncomfortable in the spotlight, and they just want their work to speak for themselves... That will get you to a certain point. And that's where really working with a coach, working on your executive presence, um, you know, if some people think executive presence is getting up there and being able to deliver a presentation, well, guess what? Toastmasters, they're Mm -hmm. everywhere. That's a great place, a safe place where everyone is on the same learning journey Mm -hmm. to improve their presentation and storytelling skills. So, I love it. yeah, I love that. <laughs> and then there's extroverts like me who just need to shut up. <laughs> no, I, I just think that there's, there's a good balance and it's, and it's perfectly okay to be on either side of the spectrum. Either you are an introvert or an extrovert. You're right. I think it's just a matter of cultivating some of these skills and it's a work in progress, right? So it's not something that is overnight. Again, it's just in what Lindsay and I have done is just shared some of these building blocks and tools. What are some of the 
sort of elements that we have seen that are important for people's success when they get into executive positions. And of course, the driver for me and you when, before we started recording was emotional intelligence and how it drives goals, resilience, influence, being organized, a scope, staying at that high altitude and the speed of thought. Um, and I threw in there a little bit of the soft skills, how that's important because it makes it all connect, right? That To your point, that's what coaching does. We help those executives that are at the top connect some of the soft skills that are missing to some of this already. So, you know, this is doable for anyone, but it, again, it's a muscle. It's something that has to be learned. And I have clients all the time within um, healthcare settings and academic medical centers that say to me, you know, I don't know how to do this or how long is this going to take? <laughs> well, it's, yeah. It, it, yeah. I mean, it's not going to happen overnight. You just have to keep practicing deep listening. You have to do, you know, practice these five uh, building blocks that Lindsay talked about and then add in there a little bit of that emotional intelligence. How well can you make those connections with those people around you? Do you understand them? Do they really understand you? And, and, you know, from, from the standpoint that you're operating from. So it takes time. And eventually I think that everyone gets there and it makes you a wonderful leader. If you truly do encompass the true meaning of executive presence, I think that you are very successful in your role. And to Lindsay's point, you know, you're, you're able to make these meaningful connections. You're able to be successful with the work um, that's in front of you. And then you, you have an organization or teams that feel connected to the mission as well. So it's a win-win everywhere. So as you can see, there, there's a lot to say on this and we've just, you know, scratched the tip of the iceberg. We have some of our favorite resources and articles in the tools and resources section of, of the podcast links. So we encourage you to visit those. Um, for those of you who maybe want an accountability partner or an honest mirror to help dig down and really understand. You know, you may think, oh, uh, I need to work on X, but really it's Y. <laughs> There's no other way that I can describe it. It's the thing beneath the thing and sometimes the thing beneath that. Um, but we encourage you to check out the resources, use or invest in a coach because you're mm -hmm. investing in your career. If you've gotten feedback about it, Go deeper, you know, have some humility and curiosity, ask for specific examples or what you could do differently that would improve. And as always, you can contact Carmen or I, our, our information is again in the podcast links, and we wish you success on your own journey. Thank you so much for everyone that's listening to us. We look forward to connecting with you again soon. Bye.